Welcome to the podcast is dedicated to making you a faster cyclist, the Ask a Cycling Coach podcast presented by Trainer Road. I'm Coach Jonathan Lee. We are clearly not in our studio right now. We are at the Croquet property, the Cliff Family Farm right now with Team Cliff Bar Racing. How's it going, guys? Very good. So that's Pete Morris. I'll have we're, to move the mic. We're sharing a mic, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. So get used to that. Um, so Pete Morris from Team Cliff Bar Racing and Trainer Road, of course. And then over on this side, we have Zach Allison as well. How are you doing, Zach? Good. How are you? How's everyone? I'm doing great, man. It's good to have you on. And Joe Lewis as well from the team. How's it going? Joe, you are, I mean, Joe and Zach and Kevin in this case, all returning uh, guests. Kevin Mullervy. Hey, guys. How's good, it going? Good to have you, man. Thank you. Today, we're going to break down a topic that... I feel like a lot of people have questions about or perhaps don't ask these questions and they should ask these questions. It's how to deal with dominant teams. And the team that comes to mind like right now that a lot of people know about is like Legion, right? Like Legion seems like unbeatable. Before that, it was like UHC. We're talking like domestic crit scene. Uh, Team Sky at the pro tour level in a lot of ways kind of like occupied this role as like an unbeatable team. And chances are if you're listening to this and you race bikes, you have some sort of team in your local region that's like, the team and it's easy to fall into that rut where you just think that they're unbeatable and man that sucks to race bikes that way uh you guys are known for a kind of uh and to borrow a tour de france commentator saying but throw the cat amongst the pigeons so to speak (laughs) racing aggressively um so i want to break down today what those sort of dominant teams do well and then how you would kind of work around that change it up and make them beatable instead of just assuming they're beatable or very unbeatable. Uh, so we'll kind of kick off on that. What in terms of dominant teams, and you can use examples too, whether it's Legion or UHC or anything else like that. What do dominant teams do well that make it really hard to challenge in a bike race? And we can use criteriums uh, in, in particular. Zach, does anything come to mind right off the top of the head? Yeah, I think they kind of allow the race to unfold a certain way where the less dominant teams tire each other out and then at the end of the race they take control and they do what they're really good at which is to control the race until the sprint yeah that's i i feel like that's like the big thing that i've noticed especially like with like legion's tactics right in this right now like they bring it to a sprint they want it to come to that because their sprint training is just a, it's an animal right it's like yeah hard and, and it was similar when uhc was around and then like <clears throat> if the race happened to play out a certain way where there are a lot of breakaways like at the end of uhc's reign we can say <laughs> we started to catch on and like drive early and earlier and earlier breakaways and that sort of changed the game but um yeah if they can control it then it's hard to break that control yeah yeah um any other thoughts that you guys have on what dominant teams do well or how they make it difficult to race against them yeah, I think uh, a dominant team will know what they're good at and how to execute it. Um, so if we're talking about a criterium and you're talking about a sprint team, um, obviously they want it to come down to a sprint. So they're going to have guys burn matches to keep it together, and they'll know how long they can go. So if there's 20 minutes left and there's a breakaway 30 seconds up the road, they can burn two or three guys, and uh, they're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure it comes down to a sprint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, often a dominant team has a dominant rider. You know, they have one or two star riders, so they understand and have built a team around supporting those riders to uh, to, to be able to win. So, you know, they understand what those main riders are good at. They understand what they need to do to get them in the position to win. So, yeah, it's been planned out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was going to say that's the important part is that they're sticking to a plan. And the plan always is executed the same way with the same riders, with the same strengths every single time. And so it's not like you're racing a different race. You're racing the same race every single time with these teams. And that's why they're so good at it. They practice it all the time. They execute it. Everybody knows what they're signed up for. And the leaders always do a great job of finishing everything off. Let's talk about like specifically coming down to the end and wanting to come into a sprint train what are the things that team has to do to combat like the late attacks everything else i'm thinking of like the example of just racing valley of the sun and then watching the the pro one crit and seeing how legion was controlling that they're extremely vocal like uh they were calling out when anybody was trying to escape and then like the you know sneak past them on the far side of the course or anything like that and when a rider was going up to the left and they yelled left the whole team just moved left like extremely quickly. Um, are there other things that they have to do to be able to control the race? Like put yourself in their shoes. What would you do to try to stop those late race moves from going? A lot of it's like just they're, they have great leadership and Justin and Corey are experienced and they do a really good job. And then they have practice before the event. Most teams would just try to gain experience or lead out experience by race days and it's like you're already on the back foot like they practice it they practice it at local racing months and months before any larger race or usa crit um so it's also it's not easy to do that but then in the race it's a little bit easier for them because once a team really takes control a lot of other teams or lesser riders or racers will sort of let that happen they can control the race and then it's all sort of like, okay, well, they're doing their lead out. Maybe I'll feel good and do a late race attack. But, like, people in general just let it happen, which is the wrong thing to do. But that's it makes it easy for the lead out trains to really keep that control. It's like a comfortable thing. Like, I remember when UHC used to take control of the front. It's like, oh, I know exactly what to expect mm-hmm. for the next 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be hard. It's, like, pretty easy to fight for, for position, relatively easy to fight for position behind them. But it's like a very status quo thing. Like, when they take control, like, everything calms down a little bit. Nobody starts doing anything crazy, and it's easy. A lot of people just fall into line. It's like this is my bread and butter from, like, 10 years ago is, like, <laughs> as a, you know— really different person than now it is a 20 year old being like i'm gonna get 15th today and like biting and chewing and headbutting people at the end of the lead out train like to try and get a top 15 and win 60 bucks to buy dinner at, at super week the next day <laughs> and like but i'm not thinking as a kid who's just trying to make it in some of these crits like i'm gonna come around uhc it's like no Minzy's is a cool guy and he's kind of my idol and he's going to rip me apart if i try to come around the train so like there's a level of respect when there's a lead out and then the rider's not just you know picking on the lead out and then it's really hard to come around him so it's easier to make your job easier and maybe get 20th and just not come around let's talk about those two points really quick about um so first of all why it's hard to get around just come around a lead out because in a lot of people's minds it's just like well if they've got a lead out i can just sneak up the side come right around them right and i can just go by why is it harder than that well (laughs) when you've got when you've got six eight or however many riders are in the race uh riding together as one group it is you're not you're not you're not passing one or two people. You're not just going to slide up and slip halfway through their train. You've got to go past six people, six bike lengths. And it's really hard to sprint past one, two people. So six, you know, especially if you want to get in position, it makes it really difficult. Yeah, and like you said, 
uh, Legion is like really good at communicating. So once you try to pass their last rider, usually their sprinter, they're going to tell like riders on your right, left, and they're going to, like you said, move right or left or yeah, they'll block you and won't let you up. Yeah. One, one thing to think about that too, that, that it's not just like their normal riders riding fast. Like you kind of talked about, they know what they're good at, right, Joe? And, and when they know what they're good at, they have riders specifically built, so to speak, for that task. So they're not just like riding fast. Like these people can hold a ton of wattage mm-hmm. and, and hold that wattage for an extended period of time or the right amount of time at the end of that race. Yeah, they understand how long they can hold that wattage for and how, how hard they need to go. Yeah. So. And it's so hard. To, I mean, it's, it's, it's for an individual rider, it's really hard to come around that. You have to use so much energy to come around this just line of extremely strong riders. It's, it's Yeah, and it's also super discouraging if you're one rider trying to get past them, thinking in the back of your head, like, what do I do when I get off the front now? There's six of them yeah. that are going to bring me back. So Yeah, that's when you use your energy to get in front of them, like you're so blown that there's not you're not gonna like ride away from the front guy who's doing 450 watts for the last 10 <laughs> minutes like what what are you gonna do you use up all your energy and then you just attack the train and now you're gonna get dropped yeah. like more or less so yeah so so why so it's not a great idea as for a solo rider just to come around the train it's probably not gonna deliver great chances of success why is it tricky to just latch onto the train you were kind of talking about that Zach or what is that a good idea or what's the how do you I mean, execute on you that? have to the race is at the front right so if you're 50th wheel you're really not in the bike race you might finish but you'll probably finish around that spot if you're have 10 laps to go and you're looking at doing a move so step one is to get in the mix and that's right at the end of the lead out train and if there's five or ten other teams in that race then there's 50 people vying for that last spot behind the, mm-hmm. the first spot behind the lead out train. And then everyone's headbutting each other and there, you know, there's no agreement between the non lead out teams to play nice and try and beat the lead out team. So it gets to be pretty scrappy behind the lead out trains. And then the lead out trains are, if there's no one up the road, they're dictating the whole pace. So a good lead out train will go way easier than you think at 10 to go when no one's up the road. And then if there is an attack that gets around the lead out train, then they're going to pick it up to make sure that rider doesn't win, obviously. But it, they can control the pace and then control where people are. And then it's way harder when you're in that bubble behind the lead out train being scrappy with other people trying to come around the train. Yeah, it, it's almost like like logic just says they have four riders in their lead out train and their last rider is the sprinter we'll all just sneak in and come around the sprinter but it's like an extremely embattled position right to to try to get yeah and then on top of that too who's to say that you can sprint around that rider if it's a really well marshaled team and trained team that rider's probably got the sort of sprint that's going to be really difficult to sprint around doesn't mean that you can't right Um, but probably difficult is there anything else that like these sort of teams do that you feel like are the dominant teams do that make them successful or should we just move into how you counter or how you actually kind of take these teams down i mean the the pacing is huge in a crit you can only pass so many people on each straight depending on how far apart the corners are you know you've got to go so much faster to go past a big chunk of people and they know that you know they'll go fast when they need to go fast and they'll go slow when they can afford to go slow so. I think that's one of the really good things that some of the teams do is they adjust their pace accordingly based on the corners of the course. So when you are capable of passing them, guess what? They go fast enough you can't pass them. And when the corners are close together, they don't have to go as fast because there's no way you're going to pass six guys in, in the short straight. So it's not that the pace is on and just firing for 
the last 15 minutes or last 10 laps or whatever. It's adjusting constantly. And the teams who really have it dialed, like it's efficient and they're doing exactly what they need to do in between every little piece of the course. Locally for our races, we have a team up here at NorCal Mike's Bikes, who's kind of like the dominant team right now. It's really tough to beat them. And I just like being my first, I guess, not first P12 race, but more or less. Yeah. yeah. I, I just thought, huh, they have a lead out train going. I'm just going to dive bomb the corner and fit myself right into that lead out train. <laughs> Is this a bad idea? <laughs> I mean, like, not, not really, but just you can only do it a, a certain amount of times before you're out of energy. And then another little thing that, um, experienced or good lead out trains do when UHC was doing it, um, we would call it the UHC sweep. So like you set up for a turn on the outside and then you hit the apex and then you go to the outside and, and then if you're leading out, there's nothing to keep you the entire team from sweeping that turn and going to the opposite side. So you're essentially lengthening the turn and coasting period for everyone except the lead out train. And there's little things like sweeping that can be really negative um, for everyone behind the lead out train. And then it can leave a bad taste in a racer's mouth or the, the spectators don't necessarily know that that's happening, but it's definitely something that's really effective. Um, in Legion's case, I think that they're really dialed and they don't necessarily employ that tactic and it's kind of a negative tactic, which is really cool that they don't just kind of do whatever it takes to win and they kind of, I think, do it uh, in a really good way. But um, yeah, there's little things too in the lead out train that, but slotting in right behind the lead out train should be your goal. And then, you know, you'll hit the washing machine and you'll be 30th wheel. And then how do you get back there? And you can do it maybe three or four times and hopefully it's the last lap you make it up there again. Yeah, so. the timing when you slot exactly. back in is like very important. So make sure you get exactly the right amount of work to get you there. But yeah. man, that's, uh, it, it's hard. Like that's the hardest thing you can possibly do, I think as a bike race is like deal with that like end of the sprint bubble. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it and they were really good and they like sensed me coming and just closed it to the gutter right when I was cutting in. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of, and also like you don't want to do a dangerous move. Like if you have a dominant team that's doing any sort of lead out, like this is bike racing. So it's not worth, you know, crashing people out. You can get out frustrating too, but like it's not, you're not going to gain any respect from doing something dumb, like, or potentially hitting the deck. So yeah. And I think a lot of guys too, maybe like single riders will try to think they can slot into a middle of a train. So if there's six guys there, this guy's going to think he's going to go third wheel, but it's really an unwritten rule. Maybe it's written. I don't know, but really don't try to integrate into their lead out train. If you have three or four guys, you can ride next to them. Um, I'm not saying you can't integrate with them if they let you, but it's going to be super physical and that's when it gets super dangerous. Yeah. And if you're riding for yourself, uh, you try to slip in halfway you've got the teammates not necessarily the sprinter coming up and fighting you for that position you're wasting all this energy and the guy you're supposed to be sprinting against is just sitting back there watching his teammates rough you up so yeah you're just losing energy and wasting your time so let's talk about how we combat that sort of teams let's talk about like sprint lead outs in particular like a good lead out team um we don't have to like you know, you know, I don't have to give away trade secrets, so to speak, here. But um, how, how would you guys approach racing a team like that to, like, successfully counter that? To start, I would say aim for a break. So, like, if a team like Legion or UHC, UHC was really dynamic, so that's they're not necessarily on the same page in cycling history yet. But <laughs> um, 
aim for a break. If you're in a break and you get, you know, maybe a guy that's not a star rider from Legion in the break, that's way better for you than if you're racing the entire field and the entire Legion lead out in their top sprinters. Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, usually these sprint teams are strong when they're together in a unit. If you split them up and have one-on-one, obviously your chances are way better than trying to sprint six of the guys. But if you're in a breakaway with one of the Legion guys or UHC guys and a couple others, your odds go way up for a team. And remind everybody else who's not on that team that's racing with you that, like, hey, our best chance of success is to, like, fight them like the whole race like the race is 60 minutes long or 90 minutes long it's not the last 20 minutes that they take control it's the entire race and how can we like do things over and over and over with everybody fighting one team it's a way better shot so you're talking about like being committed to that strategy of of trying to get breaks up the road but doing so repeatedly like not just trying once and then uh didn't work mm-hmm. but repeatedly is that kind of what you guys Ideally you have teammates too so your teammates can counter you and then the, a teammate will counter you when you come back from a breakaway effort so you can rest and that teammate can try for a break and then another teammate that's more fresh will go the next time and then even if there is a a break that will work will likely have representation from that large lead out team there if they're not as crafty they might be sitting on even um so it doesn't matter like you're still better off even if they're fresh sitting on so you kind of have to ride and you keep having to call that lead out team's bluff throughout the entire race is there like a um this is tricky because it totally varies depending on the race but is there a time when you would want an attack to go to have the best odds at beating some sort of a dominant team like this like early break or mid-race or late break when they're trying to get things organized is there a best time really uh, it really depends uh what has happened preceding that moment i mean a late break if it's been a really difficult race early on is a good option you know because early in the race they've had to chase a lot of moves they've burnt matches that they otherwise wouldn't have so in that situation yeah you, you might get one of your strongest riders to try and attack late um, but yeah, it, to get to that point, you need to wear them down first. And I think course dependent too, like mm-hmm. pick a course that you're good at and hopefully is less controllable than like a straightforward four corner flat crit, right? Like wide open boulevards is mm-hmm. pretty easy to control. But if it's like any of those hilly, hillier rate, like hillier crits, even just like super technical, if you can position yourself and save energy over the course of the race, like it's a big difference if you're racing a smaller portion of the field. And if the ra- if the course itself is doing the kind of deciding for you, man, that's awesome. And just like when half the field goes away, half of the really dominant team is also going to be super tired because they're not suited to that course. When they send, like when these dominant teams send a rider up the road to in a break, uh, what's the what's the tactic? Do you want to be with one of their teammates? You mentioned something about this just a, little, a few seconds ago. Do you want to be in the break with a member of the dominant team, or do you want to be in a break without them? In general, in like the pro fields, <clears throat> you're not going to be able to roll a break that doesn't have someone from that dominant team. Like it's going to come back pretty quick. So, in the pro fields, again, you have you have to have representation from all the major teams. So having a rider there isn't that bad especially in the case of lesion if justin's there like they might let it go and that's pretty good for you and then you're thinking about if the break's gonna be established and win from the break how to beat justin for example um so i mean and again they do a really good job of like of being aggressive and they're not negative um racers at all so it's really cool 
to sort of see the whole race unfold depending on the course. And I think breaking the race down to like before the lead out train is established um, to what happens when the lead out train is established is helpful too. So if you're, if you're looking at the entire race before the lead out train is established, that's really where there's a lot of aggression and attacks and you're trying to form a break. Um, and some of the best races where UHC was dominant was when there was a big break and they didn't like who UHC had in the breakaway that UHC didn't like it. And then you're putting a ton of pressure on them to race, whether their lead out train has to form with 30 laps to go or 40 minutes to go. And that's a long way to form a lead out train. And then they're trying to control this race that they don't have control over. So pressure is really the big key to trying to beat a dominant team that does a lead out like that. If you're in a break with a member of that team, do you try to make that rider from the dominant team work harder? Do you start to employ tactics early on in that group? Or is this one of the things where you actually want them to be fresh or want them to contribute to try to make it stick? How do you weigh those two things? Yeah, I I guess it really depends what the situation is like for them. I mean, if they don't have a rider there that thinks they can win, that they they might not they might not work. They might sit on the back, which is a liability, right? If you take that person to the line, they haven't done a turn all day because they have the the fastest sprinter back in the bunch, then that's a pretty good chance of them to of for of them beating you. So I, I guess you just got to really look at the situation as it unfolds and and work with the other people that aren't part of that dominant team to uh, make sure you all get the best chance at getting to the finish line. Yeah, I think touching on that too, yeah, like you said, you have to really figure out who's sitting on Um, because all they're going to say is like, well, I'm not going to pull and we'll go back to the the field and we're still going to win the sprint. So you got to play your odds like, who do I have back in the field? Are they going to be able to sprint? Um, In my case, I think I would just roll it with them, even if they are sitting on like, if if they're still, they'll still make a mistake possibly, right? So it's still... The odds are still in your favor. It's still one-on-one than going back with a field of six guys. Kevin's won some big races like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kevin has a good track record with that. Uh, even riding them. <laughs> but distilling that into regular races, like even a local race where there's three guys with you, like I'm still going to roll it because what else am I going to do? Like it's going back to the field and trying again is way worse than oh, like, just rolling it and seeing, see, watching them mess up, right? Like that's yeah. where it's at. Like the break definitely won't work <laughs> yeah. if you if you don't right, right. If, you, yeah. if you just give up. Um, what else uh, would you do? Anything else that you would do to try to disrupt a dominant team like that in a, in the middle of a race toward the end? Anything like bit that? of smack talk on the start line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your seat looks a bit low. <laughs> yeah, it gets cyclists every time. Yeah. Ah, your hips off. You're sitting a bit crooked. <laughs> I, one thing that I feel like the the Cliff team in particular is really good at, like I've said, is that aggressive racing of like putting riders up the road. When you have a dominant team, is there a specific sort of rider that you want to put up the road? Like, for example, let's say that you have a small team going against a dominant team or you're kind of a composite team. Like you said, Pete, you kind of rally the troops for everybody to work against them. Would you want the sprinters to still stay back and send the riders that are, you know, not that would have less chances of, of winning in a sprint at the end? Or would it just be whenever anybody has the opportunity, go for it? Definitely having a sprinter in the hole is, a, you know, an asset to you at the end of the race. And then I think just 
remembering where the finish line is for the race and not like just because the lead out train becomes established that's kind of the start of the race in a lot of ways if there's not a break up the road so being aggressive towards the end of the race is going to be key obviously to beating anyone um but if you can send people up the road and leave a sprinter behind that's kind of the ideal scenario to like wear down that lead out train possibly but um yeah like late race aggression can be can can win bike races over a lead out train or, or just wear down the lead out train i i think yeah like play the efficiency game and tell the lead out like if it's really a normal race that you know exactly how it's going to unfold like if it's your tuesday night or your saturday and the the sprint train comes out with 10 laps to go every time save all of, all of everything you have for 10 laps to go and then start the race and so now your race is 10 laps long and what can you do to disrupt this thing right it's not it and they a lot of the teams do a really great job of making other teams do the chasing for like the first 45 minutes it's infuriating but um yeah save it like make sure you're attacking the right people and the right people are chasing don't waste your time when other people are going to like kind of hand the race to the to the dominant team on a silver platter one thing i can i could think of too is if i'm the dominant team and i see like a sprinter going up the road in an early break i'm like great right like fantastic <laughs> tire yourself out please right yeah they probably want that so let's talk about the other option like uh you have there's a dominant team you have the chance to just rally the troops and build up your own team and then like the logical solution is a lot of people will say well, we'll just do the same thing as them we'll do a lead out we'll do it right next to them what are the complexities surrounding that like is that what people should do or is it why don't just two lead lead out trains work like that why does it end up i guess shifting in the favor of one it's happened i mean if you look at like pro crit and a couple other scenarios or even pro road or, or tour de france finishes there's teams built around sprinters and there's entire lead out trains built for that purpose and when there's three of them they're riding next to each other and it's like pretty cool to watch and it makes for exciting finishes so i mean that's that's an option for sure. I feel like it'd be hard in a lot of cases because the dominant team is dominant because many times it's just the horsepower is in that team, in that region, right? Like like I think of the, the, the you know, Justin and Corey and the whole team, like they, it's a lot of wattage in those legs that they have at that, at that sprint train. I think it's <clears> tough. They've built that, they've built the whole plan around Justin and Corey because they are amazing sprinters. So usually it might start like that where you have an amazing sprinter and then they build a program and they build a lead out train. Um, whereas like other teams would do sort of a disruptive tactic or a different tactic because they aren't, they don't have necessarily a dominant sprinter, but it's just not going to end up as their style without that sort of sprinter. Yeah. That's like, uh, in, in my mind, it's just like, we'll just do the same thing. It'll be fine. And if, if that's the case, let's just say you have like a, an equally matched team in theory or within close range, uh, let's say you have that, uh, and you're at your local race, whatever it is, uh, is it beneficial to try to start that, like preempt them? Or you, do you want to be the first ones to start the lead out? Do you want to be the last ones to start the lead out? Like act off of their play, which would you prefer? I, all right. I, I'll, I think this is dependent on your lead out train, like whether you're sharper or snappier lead out and you, you take them with like one and a half to go or one to go and you just fly by them and you have three guys that you're going to burn up every 10 or 15 seconds. Um, 
or if you have a huge horsepower rider that can ride from 10 to 5 to go and no one's going to do anything like you kind of have to tailor your like you have a finite amount of energy in your lead out train figure out the best way to use that energy in an, in the last period of the race and how long that is based on your riders I think that early lead out trains make for really good pictures. <laughs> Sweet Instagram, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's still together, holding yeah. them on the front, 15 Dude. laps to go. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody in the field's looking forward to that, right? Because more yeah. or less it makes it's it controlled, easy, right? yeah. And controlled and kind of predictable. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it really comes down to the composition and the training of your team and, and how you guys can utilize the strengths best. Anything else you would add on how to take down uh, dominant teams that, that people might face? Any tips for them? I'm going to throw Kevin under the bus because he's really, really good at this, but late race moves like Hail Marys. So your choice is right. If there's a lead-out train and you're not on that lead-out train team and you're not a sprinter – like what's keeping you from throwing a Hail Mary at one or two to go and just like, why not, you know, try it out. It's fun. You get off the front, like you give it a go. So, um, Kevin's had a lot of success in race wins doing this. And I know it's calculated. It's not like, he's like, I'm not a sprinter. I'm just going to try and see if this works. But, um, in his case it's calculated, but go ahead and try it because otherwise you're going to sprint for maybe a top 20 result. And you know that you weren't going all out and you're not blown. So you had more left in the tank. Yeah. How do you decide? Uh, sorry, Joe, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say if you, um, no, nah, it's all right. You can keep okay. going. <laughs> uh, how do you decide when to go with a late race move, Kevin? <laughs> Well, I think a lot of riders and teams, when they see a lead out train, say they're leading out 10 laps to go, just throwing the flag. They're like, well, this is it. This, this team's going to win, right? They haven't done it before they even show up. Exactly. Right? Yeah, totally. Um, so for me, it's like, I know power and how hard I can go for a lap after racing for an hour and a half. So if it's a lap and a half to go, I know what I can do. And if there's only two or three guys left in that lead out train and they're starting to fade, like Zach said, you can catch them off guard and then they're behind the ball. They go too hard. They burn matches too quick. And then that's when, when you can stay away. Yeah. And watch, you're not going to be the only guys trying to beat that team. There's going to be other people riding up next to them. So you don't have to be the one you know, on the front riding up next to them. Follow other people. You know, take advantage of the effort that they're making because you need to utilize that to be able to actually get it together to get past them. And pay attention to the lead out, right? Like there's way more tells in those five or six guys that are going on that like if they're starting to slot back in early, like they're going to, things are happening, right? You, it's just up to you to pay attention and time it, time it right. Time it on the course, time it where your strengths are. Like there's a bunch of things to like crack the whip right at the right time. And like, yeah, it's a Hail Mary, but it's a calculated Hail Mary. It's like the best chance, like let's do it. And, uh, but pay attention, right? Like pay attention at the end of the race and you'll see some things that you're like, oh, those, they're not going to make it. So like two things come to mind really quick on that. Like number one, it's a calculated move and like, you, I, I think of this all the time in bike racing and it's kind of unique. Like you, the cards you have may not be winning cards, but it'd be a shame not to play them. Yeah. Like, like you have to give it something. You have to try. Right? Win on a pair of twos. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so it's definitely worth trying, uh, in, in the event that, that Kevin goes up the road, what do you guys like, do, do you try to flood second front, so to speak? Like, cause assuming Kevin gets up the road, the lead out train's probably like, yikes, we don't want to let somebody go. They're probably going to be the ones chasing something down like that. 
So are is the rest of the team's job to be very close behind so that you can react if the lead-out train falls apart as a result of that? The first 10 seconds, I kind of sit back and just say, like, man, that was beautiful. <laughs> he just flies by everyone. Um, it depends on how late it is. So, like, if it's five to go, then I have time to either set up a sprint if I know I'm going to sprint well that day or set up Owen or Joe or another one of our sprinters. Um, and then if it's really, really late, then it's kind of like well, I'm going to sprint like he's not up the road. If he wins, great. And then if he gets brought back, either way, I'm still sprinting. Right. Yeah. That's like a a, a super like a, a line that I feel like a lot of people draw, and it's a blurred line, right? Like you're never supposed to attack if a teammate's up the road, but if it's coming down to the end, I mean, if they just have to win by a, you know a tire, right? So, and if you sprint and get everything close, at least you're playing your plan B. Yeah, Kevin's up the road. Just sit at the back. <laughs> That's the message. Yep. <laughs> what? Why'd you get caught, man? <laughs> awesome. Do you guys have anything else to add? Ooh, I don't know. We could we could really just like overlay this podcast with some Holloway versus UHC <laughs> classics, like Dana Point or yeah. Procrit or something. I remember them beating up on him there and being so frustrated. I mean, he was probably the best rider in the race, but he got beaten by a better team, and they knew exactly what he had, and they knew exactly what he ha- what they had to do to beat him. It's a, so much of it is about like knowing your strengths as a team and as an individual and then training the efficiency as a group and knowing your competition, right? Like, um, so I guess I, I hope that this was of, of use to, to anybody listening to this that feels like they have an unbeatable team around them or some scenario where they feel like they just can't win. Uh, once again, play the cards you have and give it a shot. Uh, try to disrupt things, change, like flip the deck a little bit there. Maybe attack early if they're, you know how they're going to play it and give it a shot. Let us know how it goes. You can do that at trainerroad.com slash podcast. You can submit questions and everything else. And you can follow this team here, Cliff Bar Racing on Instagram. You can find them there. Uh, And also watch all the USA Crits races. They're a ton of fun. And if you're listening to this and you're training, you should absolutely watch them while you train. It's a blast. Um, You'll get to see for sure Kevin go off the front. I I will now too. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta send it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to watch and, and a good way to do it. Hopefully this makes you faster. Thanks a bunch, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, guys.